Job, <laughs> Job 12, 13. Job 12, 13. Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you for what's, what's transpired in the worship experience thus far. Let's give God some praise for the tribe and for Zion, our worship band, you know, the vocals and the instrumentals. And, you know, I just pray that you weren't just watching, spectating, that you were participating, engaged, passionate about worship. Amen. Because the word of God says, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Spirit is just sheer enthusiasm. Amen. Exuberance. Passion. Amen. Energy. Amen. So we bring that to the table today. Uh, and uh, let's pray for those who were derailed by the festivities leading up to Labor Day weekend and the further festivities this weekend. Amen. Those who are in the beaches on today, as opposed to being in the house of God. Amen. Those who are still having a Beyonce hangover. A Bryant McKnight hangover. Amen. See, I know what's going on out there. A Tom Joyner hangover. Amen, somebody. Lord have mercy. Amen. It's affected attendance at Rejoicing the Lord Ministries this day, this day, this Lord's day. Amen. I want you to have a little fun every now and then, but please be discerning, amen, and having fun and make first things first. But I'm preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> amen. Praise God. I, uh, we're continuing in a series of messages. Uh, I don't want to bypass a video that we're going to show. We're going to show a quick video, and then I'm going to dive in. Come on. Let's show that video about this young lady. Okay. Long ago, there was a good and mighty king That's not who it. ruled a great land. Stop. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Maybe we don't have it. You know, but it, it's, it's another one, the one I, the latest one I sent. Uh, okay. All right, we don't have the video, but uh, we, we will probably get it in the next time because it's a good video about, uh, well, you'll see it when you see it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you'll see it when you see it. The ushers and greeters on the way out today, they're going to pass out invite cards. I notice whenever I have one of these in my pocket, God avails me an opportunity to give it to somebody and simply invite them. All you have to do is say, hey, I'm, a, I'm connected with this church. You know, it ain't bragging to say, I, it's a good church, praise God, and I want to invite you. All they're going to do is take it and say thank you. Amen. Every now and then somebody cuts you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I have never had anybody cuss me out. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I say, you're in rare form today, Pastor. That's okay. I'm about to jump in now. <clears throat> so, uh, we're on a series called The Real God, and we're exploring uh, who God is, his, his, his personality, his character traits, his attributes. Praise God. Uh, what does he really look like biblically? Not, you know, not experientially, because a lot of times 
The God we worship is the God that we've experienced, the God that we've been exposed to, the, 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 the God that we've been told about, you know, by mama and them, or daddy and them, or grandparents or family members. And we haven't explored deeply what the Bible has to say about who God is. And so in many instances, we can manufacture a God. That's adultery, to manufacture a God based on your understanding. You know, because we don't have, we're finite beings worshiping, magnifying, adoring an infinite God. Amen? So we don't have the wherewithal uh, to define God. God defines himself. He says, I am that I am. Amen. Just say, he's, in other words, I define myself. I am self-defined. Nobody, you know, creates me, manufactures me. Nobody orchestrates me. You know, I am self-sustaining. Amen. Before anything was, I was. Y'all with me today? Amen. And so, so God, God is God all by himself. Praise God. And there are attributes that we can explore in the word of God. And one of the attributes that we want to explore today is that God is wise. Amen? That God personifies wisdom. Amen, somebody. And, you know, and, and when we think about wisdom, it just, to us sometimes, it just means making an informed decision. You know, an accurate, you know, prudent, uh, you know, good decision. You know, wisdom is the, you know, the administration of knowledge, but when it, come, when it applies to God, wisdom is bigger than that. Amen? Wisdom is bigger than just being able to apply, apply knowledge. Amen? He is knowledge. He is the teacher. He is the creator. Amen? He is wisdom. <laughs> God is wisdom. Amen? Why? Because God knows everything actual and everything possible. Amen? God knows all the facts and God knows the future. So the only way that you can exercise true wisdom is to know all the facts and to know the future. Amen? So in most instances when we make decisions we're just making educated guesses. Informed guesses. We, we can't predict the future and in many instances we do not know all the facts. Amen? We don't know all the facts. We try to know as much factual information. Nowadays, they're ignoring facts. Can I get a witness in that? You know, but we try to know all the facts. We try to get as much information as humanly possible so that we can make informed decisions, praise God. I hope we're doing that. But God has perfect knowledge. Perfect knowledge. That's why he can be wisdom, because he has perfect knowledge. And because he has perfect knowledge, he can always, every time, on point, accurate, on target, make the right decision every time. Amen? Sometimes we gather our best information and we still make wrong decisions. We still make erroneous assumptions. We still get it wrong. Amen? There's been times when I thought I had it all planned out. I had the facts. I had the plan. I had the approach. I had the rationale. And it still wind up being wrong. Amen? Why? Because I'm finite. I'm human. I'm flawed. I'm deficient. I'm inadequate. I need help. I can't do this by myself. I need help. Can I get a witness? We need help. Praise God. 
So we need to understand that we need, in essence, the wisdom of God. Amen? Wisdom, when it comes to God, it ain't got nothing to do with IQ or intelligence. Amen? Again, IQ and intelligence only gives you a, a, a better probability of guessing right, not necessarily getting it right. Amen? So to get it right, we got to be in God. Amen? And we need wisdom. Somebody say, I need it. Why? Because I want to be life savvy. Savvy. Amen? I, I, I want to I have an understanding that, that, uh, that allows me to make prudent, you know, faithful, good decisions. And we've seen, and you have experienced yourself making poor decisions. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. All of us at some juncture in our life have made some poor decisions. Amen. We've made some poor choices. God wants to mitigate. He wants to intervene. He wants to make a difference. And he wants our batting averages to increase. Amen. He wants our batting averages to increase. Amen. And so we're going to play the video. Because we got it. And I want y'all to see it. Let's play it. Sometimes we think we know everything. We think we have it all under control. But then, in a split second, Everything changes. Something happens you never expected. Time suddenly freezes, and you wonder, how could this be happening? But what if you aren't seeing the whole picture? Meanwhile, God has a view of things you don't. The Bible says he always sees the big picture. In his wisdom, he knows the future and has his hand on every moment in time. You can trust God with every moment of your life because God knows everything, even though you can't. So always remember, God is wise. Praise God. Okay. All right. Good video. Amen. So we're glad we got that in. Is it okay? All right. So how do we engage a God who is wise? Amen? How do we get access to his wisdom? Amen? First of all, you got to acknowledge that he is wise. Do you acknowledge, do you believe, do you accept, do you embrace the fact that God is wise? Amen? Do, do you think that he knows what he's doing? Amen? You know, and then if you think that, do you act like it? 
Do you act like God knows what he's doing? Are you doing your own thing? Amen. Or are you so prideful, sometimes arrogant, conceited? That's pride on steroids. You know, are you so prideful that you think, I got this? And we even get offended sometimes when somebody tries to suggest a different approach. Amen. A, a, a different way of doing it. Amen, somebody. Uh, I, I know, you know, I, I, I got this. I know this. I know how to do this. I'm good enough on my own. Amen. And so as a result, we miss wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to, to, to get the best results for the most number of people in the best way. That's one a classic definition of it. To get the best results for the most number of people in the best way. God does that on the regular. Amen. One of the things that the scripture says in Romans 8, 28, uh, that all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, God uh, makes things happen just right because he knows it all. Amen. He said, well, there's some bad things happening. Suffering, sickness, disease, difficulty, disappointment, frustration, uh, lack. You know, well, you know, what God going to do with all of that? God can work all of that out. Amen. And he uses all of that. Amen. So, so, so the question is, are we willing to accept the fact that God can use the current dispensation? What is the dispensation? The current place we are in time. The current era we are in, the place we are in, 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 the era we're in in salvation history. Amen. You know, history has salvation. Salvation has a history. Amen. So we're at a particular place on a point in time uh, uh, where God is redeeming, reconciling, manifesting his will. Amen. Revelations in the, in the word of God in the Bible talks about this, this ebb and flow that's going to happen. And that they're going to be last days kinds of events. So in this place, moving toward the last days, what is God doing? Amen. We ushered in pain and suffering and sickness and disease and labor and uh, all those kinds of things because of our rebellion, our revolt against God. But God is using this. He knew we would do it. Amen. He was not naive. Remember, he's wise. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Amen? So, so God's attributes made him aware that if I gave you free will, that you would violate it, and that somehow you would think that God was withholding something from you. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. The thought crossed their mind through the temptation of the snake, the evil one, Satan, that God is withholding something from you, and he does not have your best interests at heart. He's withholding the best. So go eat of that fruit. Amen. That in some way God is some kind of kill joy, and, and he's, he's withholding his best, but he's not. Amen. He is producing the best in spite of his, the freedom that he's given us. He didn't want to create robots. Amen. Pre-programmed to honor, to worship, to praise, to magnify, to revere, to reverence him. That wasn't his objective. His objective was to create people who were free. Amen. And who made an active choice to follow after him. 
So he set this in motion, amen, and as a result, there's some things happening in the world, things happening, and there's some tough things happening in the world, but God says, I'm managing it all. Last week, we talked about him being in control, amen, I'm managing it all. Do you trust God to manage your circumstances? Okay, what are the signs of God's wisdom? Well, creation is one. Jeremiah 10, 12 says, It is he who made the earth by his wisdom, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. Amen. We see it in creation. I mean, you can use a microscope to see the tiny stuff, you know, DNA and, you know, intricacies of creation. You know, they used to say, well, amoeba, you know, that thing, that everything came from a one-cell organism. And then as they, we increased in our technology, our ability uh, uh, to, to see, you know, microscopic things, we determined that ain't nothing no one-cell organism. That an amoeba has millions of components to it. The smallest organism. It's more complex than we ever found. Amen? Look in a microscope. Look in a telescope. Amen? And you see God in the heavens and the planets and the stars and, you know, the galaxies. Praise God. You see the wisdom and the power of God. If the earth falls off its axis one degree, just one degree, some place on the planet is going to be too hot and people will burn up. Some place on the planet is going to be too cold and people will freeze to death. Just one degree. It's calibrated in such a sophisticated manner. It's orchestrated in such a way that it is no denying that God is God. I am. And his wisdom is unsurpassed. It's unfathomable. It's uncomprehendable. How he could put us together, how he could design us, how we could be thinking and moving and imagining and emotional and passionate and, you know, active beings, praise God, engaged in the world. Amen. Creative and innovative and, you know, all the things that God has allowed us to be, praise God. What a phenomenal thing he's done. And so, you know, if we look at the ecosystem, if we look at everything that we see in the world and, and outside of the planet, we see the wisdom of God. Amen? And, and everything that God created, he understands. He has operational authority, operational insight. Amen? I guarantee the guy who created the iPhone, he has more insight into its operations than I do. Amen. I don't have the technological sophistication, education, background. Even those who may have it, if they didn't, the person who creates something, amen, has intimate knowledge of its workings. God set it in motion, everything, so he has intimate knowledge of its workings. That's why Jesus has come do creative miracles where a person didn't have a hand and Jesus, bam, a hand would be there person didn't have a leg, have a leg, person dead, alive, that's God, amen, defying the laws of nature, walking out on water, and then inviting another person to walk out on water as well, and sustained him for a season until his faith shrunk a little bit, and then picked him up and carried him on, 
Amen? God knows it all. He's intricately involved in it all. He is the creator of it all. Praise God. Job 28 and 23 and 24. It says, God understands the way it, it, it the way God understands the way to it, and he knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. One def another definition for wisdom is that wisdom entails seeing and knowing. Amen? You see something and you know something. A wise person sees a little better, has a little bit better vision and more knowledge, more information, more insight. Praise God. So God sees and knows everything. Amen, somebody. So why not be in a relationship with a God like that? Amen. The God who creates us, who knows us intimately, he knows the, work, the workings, the intricacies, the inner workings of everything. Praise God. Why would you be cynical about a God like that? Why would you be doubtful about a God like that? The Word of God says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, so I got to seek to please Him. Amen? Amen? Immaturity launches out without information, without insight, without wisdom. You know, that's why young people sometimes, you know, uh, they, they, you know, they need some advice because you don't have enough experience, exposure, background. You haven't been through enough trial and error. Amen? Because we learn from Trial and error, we learn educationally, we learn experientially. So you don't have enough of that under your belt to really make good choices. Amen? And, some, and, and sometimes you don't, you don't have to be young. You can be old and be ignorant. <laughs> have mercy, Lord. So we want to make sure that we are on point in being in the presence of God. So how do we attain this wisdom again? First, you got to fear God. Proverbs 15, 30, the fear of the Lord is the instruction, is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Amen? So what does it mean to fear God? It means awe, reverence, but it all, respect, but it also means fear. Amen? Afraid. You know, but not the kind of fear that, that's crushing. It's like, it's like you know, you, in the, you, you growing up in the neighborhood and some kid, you know, who's a friend of yours invites you to do something untoward, maybe even criminal. Amen? And you look him in the eye and you say, you know something? If I do that, my dad and mama are going to kill me. <laughs> So you say, no, thank you. Now, is your dad and mama literally really going to kill you? Sometime. <laughs> no, no. They're not literally going to kill you. Back in the day, they would, have, but they, they would do what you call half kill you. <laughs> y'all, young folk, millennials, you know, y'all know nothing about being half killed. But I know what it feels like to be half killed. You know, to be, <laughs> to need resuscitation. <laughs> Amen, because you can't catch your breath. 
I got some witnesses up in here. You know, but, uh, but they weren't going to kill you. Amen. Same thing with God. He ain't going to kill you. Amen. But there are some consequences. Amen. So, so we have to think about having a healthy awe, reverence, respect, fear of Almighty God. And, 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 and in other words, if God said it, that settles it. Amen. You know, one of the ways we defer being recipients of wisdom is our hesitancy to believe, our reservation in accepting and embracing what's said in the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the Word made flesh, dwelling among you, full of grace and truth. So everything is in the Bible is about Jesus. He is the Word. The Logos, John's Gospel says, the Word made flesh. So believe his word. Reverence and respect his word. Believe it literally. Believe it figuratively. Believe it symbolically. Believe everything about the word of God. Don't discount it. Don't disvalue it. Don't treat it like it's some kind of salad bar. You know, pick a little bit of that. No, we're going to leave that off over there. Amen. We're going to put that off to the side. I, don't, I, want, I, want, I want the tomatoes, but I don't want the bell peppers. Amen. I want the onions, but you leave them chickpeas to the side. <laughs> Amen. But the Bible is replete of examples that will cover all of that. It's, it's, it's all in there. It's a smorgasbord, and we don't get the right to choose which parts of it we're going to believe. Amen. We got to accept it. Somebody say accept it. We got to believe it. Somebody say believe it. We got to embrace it. Somebody say embrace it. We got to receive it. Somebody say receive it. Praise God. So, so God wants us to have the right mindset so that we can become teachable, influenceable, amen, impacted by the word of God, engaged with it, amen. I can't engage with something that I don't believe. Amen. You know, I remember one time in, uh, in, I was in a little Sunday school class, and my second pastorate in Bessemer, Alabama, St. Paul Church in Bessemer, Alabama, and I was sitting in a Sunday school class, and uh, I forgot the lady's name. Let's just call her Miss Lee. And she was an older lady, you know, senior, senior super senior. <laughs> she was a super senior. Senior with attitude. <laughs> and uh, so she was a super senior. Nothing wrong with super seniors. I hope to be a super senior one day myself. Uh, and, uh, but, she, but she was going on in Sunday school, and she was saying, ain't nobody gone to no moon. I'm like, this ain't the Sunday school topic. <laughs> but she laid in and stayed there. Nobody been to the moon. You know, that just ain't happened, you know. And some of us in here have got some doubts about it. But, but the bottom line is, you know, ain't no way she can even consider the technologies, no way that she can consider the possibility is disbelief up front. Nobody done it. Hadn't done it. Any evidence, any scientific background? No, I just don't believe that. That don't agree with my spirit. Amen. And sometimes that's how we are about the Word of God. That don't agree with my spirit. You know, so that's dissing 
the wisdom of God. His instruction, his guidance, his counsel is impeccable, always right, never wrong, always right. Amen? So, so why do we discount it? Why do we act like, you know, we got options in terms of at least believing? Amen? Be in awe of God. There's no limits to God. Uh, you know, n- understand we need help. And life is messy, rough, and difficult. And we're going to need some help in it. Amen? Amen? And we got to seek God for the help. Now, you're saying, well, God can use every situation? Yeah, every situation. Everyone. I was looking at a little segment on some kind of news show, entertainment type show, and they had Jamie Foxx on there. And uh, Jamie Foxx was, they had a segment about his, his sister who has Down syndrome. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm preparing this message in my mind, I'm praying about it, and I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, did God intend that? Did he allow that to happen? Does he have a reason for it to happen? And, you know, I had to say, yeah. Now, I don't know. And, and then he went on to talk about the impact that his Down syndrome sister impaired, you know, mentally, the impact that she had on his life. Amen. Now, we need some more stuff to impact his life, too. Amen. So he can get it all together. Stop blaming it on the alcohol. <laughs> the out, 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 out. Amen. But the bottom line is it was impactful. And the sensibilities that he had, the compassion that he had, the care and concern that he had, part of it was attributable to his sister who had Down syndrome. See, see, even when people are impaired, even when they have disabilities, even when there's problems, even when there's health issues, even when there's deficiencies and flaws, God has a reason for everything. You don't know who it's going to impact. You don't know who it's going to inspire. You don't know who it's going to bless. God has a reason for allowing or decreeing a thing to happen. Amen? He has a reason for it. Amen? Now, part of it we set in motion, but he uses it all for his children. Not that all things are good, but things work together for the good for those that love God. So you need to develop this strong, warm, passionate love for God. And that love for God inspires. That love of God for God protects. That love for God, it gives you the ability to make it through, make it out, and make it over, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even when there's a struggle, praise God. You know that God is with you. Amen, somebody. In all instances, when God has you on his side, it's about him getting the glory. It's about him getting the glory, praise God. So what he wants us to understand is that, you know, he's going to get his glory, especially with his children. Amen. I I remember when we were uh, developing the design for this building and this this edifice, this sanctuary, and boy, we had a nice pristine plan about how it's going to roll out and how we're going to service and manage the debt and you know, you know, how the budgets were going to be great in years after, you know, and, 
you know, it's, it's going to be a prosperous time. It's going to be a blessed time. And, you know, and, uh, you know, we had a design, and we were proud of our little design. Amen, somebody. And then right in the middle of building this facility, the economic downturn hit. Amen. And the bank that we had, you know, had, we had a bond agreement with, it went under. It closed. And it called our whole loan in. So here we are, a building halfway finished. Amen. And the whole loan been called. And I look around and look up to God. God, now what? What I'm supposed to be learning from this? <laughs> but you know, I'd start deferring real quickly, but you are the only wise God. <laughs> You're going to make a way somehow. And then I remember a gentleman, I've told this story before, a gentleman walking in the door giving us $200,000. Amen. Unsolicited. Then, I, somebody ought to give God some praise for that. That's, that's, a, that's what you call a miracle. You want to identify a miracle? That's a miracle. Somebody walk up to you and give you $200,000, that's a miracle. Just want to just define it for you. Just want to clarify it for you. Just want to make it plain. Amen. Miracle. And then we were able to uh, get another group to take over the dead and give us uh, some additional money that we needed to do it. But, but in the midst of it all, God was crafting something different. God was crafting the design that he would get the glory for. Amen? See, he wanted me, when I talked about the building of this church, for it not to be about me or even us. He wanted it to be about him. Amen, somebody. God is always crafting a better narrative. He always has a better intent. He always has a different purpose. He always has a better plan. So everything rolls out according to his wisdom when we defer to him, when we reverence him, when we are awed by him, when we love him, when we praise him, when we magnify him, when we lift him up. Praise God. Because our ways are foolish in the sight of Almighty God. Proverbs 12 and 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But the wise man listens to advice. Amen, somebody. That's what the Word of God says. A wise man listens to advice. So what God wants to do through us and what he does in hindsight, he helps us connect the dots and uh, you know, and, and, and wisdom helps us to connect the dots. And wisdom helps us to understand consequences. Wisdom helps us to, to think outside of ourselves. Wisdom helps us to recognize deception. Amen, somebody. You got to re recognize that the enemy is out there. The Word of God says he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. came to sift you like wheat. Amen. He wants to take you out. He wants to take you under. He wants you not to succeed or prosper but to bend and bow. Amen? So, so when we bend and bow to our God, He promises to revolutionize our journey. So our journey may take some twists and turns and circles, but He promises to land us safely on the other side. If we adhere and listen and solicit and want and are passionate about receiving His wisdom, His wisdom is available to us. Amen, somebody. His wisdom is available to us. Uh, Ingram tells a little story, and uh, Art Howe sent me a video that 
had a similar story in it, ironically, this weekend. Uh, and it was about uh, a story of a railroad worker whose home, this was back in the day before things were more sophisticated, uh, his home had a small home right near the railroad tracks, and he was a switcher. So it was a job to switch the train, you know, to make sure that trains didn't derail and that trains didn't went north or south or east or west, you know, to make sure that at this juncture, this trains were switched properly. And in one instance, uh, uh, the story is told about his son went out there on the tracks, you know, and uh, a train was just 500 yards away, and he had to make a decision, amen, whether to try to save his son, his son is stuck out on the tracks, or whether he would uh, engage the switcher and, in, in essence, also derail the train. So the train has four or 500 people on it. So do I endanger the lives of four or 500 people, or do I save the li life of my son? You know, and some, some illustrators go on to talk about the decision that God had to make in order to give his only begotten son. Amen? That he gave his life that we might have life, eternal life, everlasting life, abundant life. Praise God. So, so that's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it is, well, what if, what if, what if that little boy was the next Billy Graham? And a million people were going to come to Christ because of him. Amen? Maybe his life is worth you know, the four or 500 people. You know, it may just be that impactful. Maybe he's the guy that's going to create the cure for cancer or the cure for HIV AIDS. You know, what, what's, you know, what about that? Or what if, what if the, it's a person on the train who's going to be the next Billy Graham or the next person to cure cancer or the next person to cure HIV AIDS or do some, have some major technological or some medical breakthrough? Who's to say that it might not be a better decision to save the train, amen, or to save the boy. Who is to say that? Only God knows. Only God knows. Only God knows. God makes some hard choices. Amen, somebody. They say, well, why did let so-and-so die? Why did that happen? Why did that terrorist attack happen? Why did this shooting happen? Why did it happen? Why, why? Amen, somebody. God's got a reason for allowing things to happen. And in some instances, he decrees things to happen. Amen. It's his judgment. Amen. In some instances, I don't know which is which he does. God knows why he allows some things to happen in our lives and some things not to happen in our lives. God knows why he opens doors and why he closes doors. God knows why he gave you that job or why you lost that job or why we were fruitful and why we were unproductive. God knows that. God knows your status. God knows your standing. God knows your situation. God knows your condition. God knows your cir circumstances. Amen. So what do we have to do? We have to learn to trust in God. Amen. Because we can't orchestrate it. We can't know what his design truly is, praise God. So we have to be encouraged to know that he knows. And he's got my best interest at heart. He knows. And he's blessing me in spite of, praise God. God knows everything actual. He knows all the facts. And he knows everything possible. He knows the future, praise God. You put those two things together and you got wisdom, praise God. God is wisdom. Praise God.
So what I do to a wise God, I surrender, I submit, I bow, I genuflect, I give way to him, praise God, because he is God. And then he says that I can know wisdom too. Praise God. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's what he says. Praise God. So if you want wisdom, you got to seek it. And the word of God says, and if anybody seeks it, it's readily available for them. If we passionately come after it, it's available for us, praise God. But too often, we're more concerned about being people pleasers than God pleasers. Let me say that one more time. Too often, we're more concerned about being people pleasers than God pleasers. Amen? He wants us to run after him, to focus our attention on him, to love him with everything we have. So in creation, in providence, in redemption, we see the wisdom of God in his love and in his sacrifice. Amen. He redeems us, you know, way more beneficial than redeeming points off your credit card. Amen, somebody. He redeems us and he, and, and, and he builds us up in him. So I have to reverence him. I have to understand his word. I have to ask for wisdom, and I have to trust him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen, somebody. Y'all with me? Now, this is the last text, and I'm sitting down. Let's stand together. I'm going to go through this last text, and then we'll finish. Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you receive, one version says, or accept my words, and true and treasure up or store up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining or applying your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out, and one version says, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice, cry out for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Anybody excited about that? So we got, it's eight things I highlight here. He accepts, amen. He stores up. You're attentive. You're applying to your heart. You're crying out or calling out to God. You're seeking it and you're searching for it. Amen, somebody. Amen. In other words, I search the Word of God, not just hear it, but I study it, meditate on it, think on it, ponder it. Praise God. It feeds. It delivers. It sets free. Amen. It imparts wisdom so that we can make good choices, right choices, faithful, godly choices. Amen, somebody. I thought about social media. And I think, I said, I wonder, can you apply this to social media? Yeah. We accept social media. We store up social media. We're attentive, you know, to what's going on in social media. We're applying our heart, you know. We put our heart in there. We tell somebody off, amen, somebody, on social media. Or we're out somebody. 
on social media. We'll call out, we'll cry out, we'll put our business out there on social media. We'll raise our voices and cry out, we'll seek it, we'll search for it. You know, go through all kinds of searches and search engines and, all, you know, social media. But how about the Word of God, the ways of God, and the will of God? Will we seek Him in a similar fashion? Will we be attentive to Him? Will we cry out and call out to Him? Will we seek Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, praise God? Will we raise our voices to Him? Will our ears be attentive to God? Amen. Not just a video segment that we see. Not just something funny or something interesting or something instructive, praise God. Will we seek Him? Amen. Will we give God a blank check? You know, years ago, I gave God a blank check. Amen, somebody. You know, I've still been working on writing more checks that are blank and giving to him. But I gave him a blank check. I, I signed it. I signed it. And I slid it under heaven's door. Y'all ain't hear me. I gave God a check. It was blank. I signed it. And I slid it under heaven's door. I gave God, what about you? A blank check. I signed it. Amen. The amount wasn't even on it. Didn't even matter. God, whatever it costs. This cost me my life. This cost me my wealth. This cost me my health. Whatever it cost me. If it cost me to relocate. If it cost me to start over. Whatever, whatever it cost me. It doesn't cost the discipleship. I gave God a blank check. Praise God. I signed it. And I slid it, slid it under heaven's door. I said, God, you got it. And I saw a bright light. Amen. Y'all don't hear me. I saw a bright light sliding from up under the door. And that bright light just began to seep into my spirit. It gave me a mission, a vision, a purpose, a cause, a plan. Amen, somebody. And I'm still following the light. And I invite somebody to follow the light, love, and liberty of Jesus Christ to be imparted the wisdom that will give you overcoming power. But you got to give them the blank check. You got to decide, Lord, I want you more than anything else. I got to have you. And you got me. I got you. I'm, you're, I'm bought with a price. I'm yours. You're mine. I accept you. You receive me. Thank you, God. I'm on your side. That's all he wants. He wants you to come to him. Slip him the blank check. Sign it. And he's already signed the check for you with his own blood with his own sacrifice. And I want to invite somebody to make a choice today, to make a decision, to step out on faith, to come forward in the mighty name of Jesus, to let him have his way in your life. Amen. It's that time. It's a response time. It's time to respond to what God is giving you, what God is birthing, what God is doing, to say, I'm on your side. I want to know which way you're moving, praise God, and I want to move with you. So I want to invite somebody to move out in the name of Jesus Christ. You might be new in our community. You might be seeking a church home. Amen. You may want to dedicate or rededicate your life today, but we invite you to come in the name of Jesus Christ, to step out on faith, to let him have his way in your life today. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm not going to put this off. I'm not going to delay. I'm coming. We are coming now in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. Let him have his way in you. We're going to worship for a few moments. We invite you to come.
Step out on faith. Come. Let him have a place. 